we will cure the weather next week. Amen. Um, I don't know what's happened to our heating. Maybe if we can close the door um, there, we can keep some of the heat that still is with us before we all become ice blocks. Hallelujah. All right. Well, Happy New Year. Wow, I tell you what, you are, I can feel the vibe. Happy New Year. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad I'm here. Even if you're not glad to be here, you can declare it by faith. All right, we are going to continue to teach on what um, I began to share on watch night. Um, this year, our emphasis is blessed to impact as part of our whole focus of impacting for Christ. And so this year we are focusing on being blessed to make an impact. Today I want to begin to teach on how to walk in the blessing that we have already been blessed with. How to walk in the blessing of God. How to walk in the blessing of God for our lives. Uh, I want to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. I believe Ayo had a word that I think is very important. Maybe you can share it afterwards. And if not, then you can share in the members' meeting if, if somehow I forget. All right? So try and remind me because you need to share that word. Let's just pray. Holy Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the wonderful privilege that we have to hear your word. I ask that your Holy Spirit will speak to us through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so turn to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. And what I want to do is I want to kind of reinforce what I shared on watch night and then begin to talk about, briefly talk about how to walk in the blessing of God and then throughout the weeks and months expound on various ways in which we walk in the blessing of God for our lives. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Now the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Also, I want to read Galatians chapter 3, verses 7 to 9 in the New Living Translation. I believe we don't, we're not able to have the words on screen for some reason. There's some technical problems. Um, the notes should have been sent out. Um, but if you don't, then you just have to follow it um, carefully. Galatians chapter 3 from verses 7 to 9. New Living Translation, he says, The real children of Abraham, then, are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith. That is the non-Jews, that's us. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, All nations will be blessed through you, what we read earlier. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing receive, same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Can you stay here? It's just a blow heater. Stay here. All right. So these verses highlight a truth. And that is that those of us whose faith is in Christ share in the same blessings that Abraham the father of our faith, experience. So because of our union with Christ, because of our faith in Christ, whatever blessing that came on Abraham by his faith also comes on us through our faith. All right. And God said to Abraham, his, first, his name was Abraham, and then he changed it to Abraham. He said to him in Genesis chapter 12 that he will bless those who bless him, and he will curse those who curse him. And he says, in him, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And of course, we see this truth realized through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
But there is another element to it, and that is because we are also blessed and we're children of Abraham, those who bless us are blessed. And then those who curse us are cursed. And that in us, other people become blessed because of us and because of the way in which we demonstrate our faith. So we said, uh, uh, last time we shared, what does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean to be blessed? Well, to be blessed doesn't necessarily mean, it's not about material blessings, although it may include material things. It's not primarily about material blessings. To be blessed is to have the ability God created us to have and to do what God created us to do. Again, I don't want to go into it because we've already touched on it. If you can help with the movement at the back and the noise at the back, it's great that the children have liberty, but if we can also be sensitive so that everybody can enjoy the service. Can you say amen? So to be blessed is to have the ability God created us to have and to be able to accomplish what he created us to do. It is also to be empowered by God to prosper beyond what we could have naturally accomplished without him. To be empowered by God to prosper beyond what we would have accomplished without him. And also, it is to be favored by God in a manner that is undeserved or it is to be in a favorable state or an enviable state because of our faith and our trust in God. So that is really in essence what it means to be blessed. And we said that you as a child of God are already blessed as I've already said because of our faith in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And in Christ Jesus God allows us to have all the riches that he has in his heavenly reservoir on our behalf. All the riches. The fact is that, or the problem is, that many of us have not learned to appropriate what is already ours. Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 to 28, I will read it in the New Living Translation. It says, this message, that's the message of the gospel, was kept secret for centuries and generations past. But now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for the Gentiles. The riches and the glory of Christ are for the Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Christ lives in you. And this gives you the assurance of sharing in his glory. So whatever the glory of Christ is that we see demonstrated in the Gospels that he now experiences in the heavenly realms is ours to partake of. Well, you're not excited, but I think it's amazing. Whatever, I do, I really think it's incredible. Whatever glory we see in Christ, and the Bible says the word became flesh and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So whatever glory we beheld, and you see the glory of Christ in the Gospels, being demonstrated by his relationship with the Father, by his love for people, by the manifestation of the power of God in his life. That is his glory, by his obedience to suffer even unto death. That is his glory. And that is the glory that we as his people can partake in. Hallelujah. And we also said about being blessed is this. Your enemies cannot curse you and succeed because you're blessed. Because you are blessed by God, your enemies cannot curse you and succeed. Now, I know that people who are Christians have been cursed by people who are not Christians and the curse has worked. But there is a reason for that. It's not necessarily because those people are more powerful. 
No, 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 no. In Numbers chapter 23, verse 20, Balaam in prophesying, he says this. Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed. God has blessed and I cannot reverse it. God has blessed and I cannot reverse it. Balaam was asked to curse the people of God. But when he looked at them, he realized because God had blessed them, he couldn't reverse what God had blessed. Say, God has blessed me. Nobody can reverse it. God has blessed you and nobody can reverse it. <laughs> One day, this is kind of makes me look good, this testimony, but I'm sorry I'm sharing it. One day, a group of family members, or rather, let me put it like this, some people went somewhere and some guy began to divine them. My family began to divine some of my family members. And they were calling out the family members, called out different people's names. But for some reason, they couldn't call my name. So they kept missing me out. They missed me out. So one of my siblings said to me, this is not right. How is it? You're looking at me, but it's true, it happened. You all know it happened. They, they couldn't find me. Why? Because my life is hidden with Christ in God. I don't know how they found them, but they couldn't. I don't know, I don't know how they found them. <laughs> uh, I, I use it to tease one of my siblings. So the point is, there is no care. Listen, you have to say minus me. You, you, you have to recognize there are people who would have killed you a long time ago if they could. Sometimes people will try to do something on you and you bounce back on them. I remember one of my friends, um, um, Prophet Dano, many years ago when he was a younger prophet, he went in some area to do some ministry and the witch doctor of the area came and placed a curse on him in front of everybody. So people were really scared. They said, Prophet, you know, that man is powerful and he place a curse on him that he's not going to walk again. So he just, he just brushed it off. He said, but after he, he went into his room, he began to have thoughts, but he refused it. Anyway, the next day when he woke up, he noticed a whole crowd of people had come to his door. And when they had come to his door because the witch doctor was crippled, couldn't get up. You can't hear me. Can you hear me now? I said, did you hear what I said? Well, good. Somebody at the back couldn't hear me. Can you hear now? You have been healed. Hallelujah. <laughs> God has blessed you. And no one can reverse it. In verse 23 of Numbers 23, he says this. For there is no sorcery against Jacob, nor any divination against Israel. There is no sorcery. Say no sorcery. And there is no divination against God's people. That's under the Old Testament. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Now, the only way the enemy can have access to you is if you invite him in through willful sin. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 8 says this. He who digs a pit will fall into it. Now, some people by their lifestyle, they are digging pits to fall into and then he says, and whoever breaks through a wall will be bitten by a serpent. You see, there is a wall of protection that comes on your life as a child of God when you get born again. But there are things you can do that can break through the wall. And when you do that, you open the door for the enemy to access you. One of the biggest things that the enemy uses to undermine the faith of God's people is offense. It's offense and unforgiveness. One is one of the most subtle but powerful ways. Look, at times you will make mistakes. At times you will do the wrong thing. But the blessing will still cover you. But there are certain things that if you allow to harbor in your heart, over time it will open a door. You will break that wall of protection and the enemy can bite you. And if you are digging a pit, digging a pit by your lifestyle, you are doing things that is damaging your life, you know it's wrong, but you are refusing to repent. Then you will end up falling into it. Now, it's a pit you dug. Hallelujah. And the only way Balak was able to succeed against Israel through Balaam's, um, um, through Balaam's efforts was 
by Balaam advising him to get the women of Midian to seduce the men. And so when they did that, then God was, um, God's judgment came upon God's people. But it wasn't because of the curse. So the enemy will get you from the spiritual realm into the natural and get you to behave in a manner in the natural that undermines your faith. Then he can have you. You see this in Revelation. Now Jesus, our Lord, spoke about this in Revelation chapter 2, verse 14. In case those of you who say Old Testament. He said this. Revelation 2, 14. Behold, but I have a few things against you. Because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam. Who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. And our Lord warned that church that if they did not repent, then he will judge them. So the only way we don't allow the blessing of God to remain is by us willfully doing things we know we're not supposed to do. Hallelujah. Then we talked about why we are blessed. We said we are blessed for three reasons. One, so that God will fulfill his word on our lives. It's very important. Secondly, God blesses us, has blessed us for kingdom purposes so that his kingdom is established and his people are promoted. And the third reason, he blesses us so that we are a blessing to others. All right, so that's what we've touched on. Now let's talk about how we walk in the blessing of God. Now, in Matthew chapter 5, we're not going to look at it from verses 3 to 11, we have what is commonly referred to as the Beatitudes. And these are different ways in which God, our Lord Jesus, shows us how we are blessed. Now, the Beatitudes is really the, the summary of what it means to be truly blessed in God's kingdom. Another time, I'm going to teach on that, but I don't want to do that in this, next, in this particular series. But what I'm going to show you is an expansion from the Beatitudes. In other words, if you study the Beatitudes thoroughly, everything that I'm going to say is covered. But I want to highlight a few key things, how you walk in the blessing of God. So the first is this. We walk in the blessing of God because we have been chosen by being chosen by God. Ephesians chapter 1, 4 says this. Just as he, God, chose us in him or in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And in Psalm 65 verse 4, the scripture says, Blessed is the man you choose. Blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you, that he may dwell in your courts, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy temple. Blessed is the man you choose. Say, I am chosen by the Lord. Now, as a child of God, by virtue of being born again, we've already said it, but I'm underscoring the point, you have been chosen. And because you have been chosen, you are blessed. So, as a starting point, you have to recognize that I am truly blessed. I am empowered by God to prosper. I'm in an enviable state. When, it, when I compare myself to the rest of mankind, I'm truly blessed. Hallelujah. In Psalm 33 verse 12, the Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. Can you imagine how our nation will be if one day the whole of parliament decided to say, Jesus Christ is our God. Jehovah God is our God. Can you imagine the blessing that will come upon this nation? May we see something like that in Jesus' name. And another place, Revelation 19, 9, he says this. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said, and he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. So by virtue of being born again, you are blessed. Secondly, you are blessed because or by, you, you are able to walk in the blessings, I should say, by experiencing forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. Psalm 32, 1 and 2 says, Blessed 
is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Now the background of this psalm was after David had sinned with Bathsheba, and he had been caught by the prophet Nathan. And um, he began to repent, and, and he was repenting, and he was reminiscing back. And even though what he had done was wicked, and he deserved to be killed, he penned this. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Now, what is a transgression? A transgression is where you knew it was wrong, and you did it. You knew it was wrong. It's a boundary. You know, at times, you, you're walking, and you see, even today, you see in some people, and the property will say, no trespassing. Have you seen that before? No trespassing. Now, when you were younger, when we were younger, I wasn't that bold, but my brother Alfred, he was quite ruthless when he came to these things. So no trespassing meant for him he would trespass. Me, I was a coward. No trespassing, I stayed away. You know, so children do that. You know, children, don't, don't children do that? Do they do that even today? Look at the way, you people over here, what's wrong with you? So, a transgression is some, a deliberate act to go beyond the boundaries. But he said, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. And I want, to, I want to dwell on this if I can another time. But this point is important. Because God cho chose you, you are now forgiven. You are forgiven. But here's the thing. You also need to learn how to walk in continual forgiveness. There are those who teach that because Jesus has, for, um, has died for our sins, we no longer need to ask for forgiveness. But I remember the Lord teaching us in the Lord's prayer. Forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. I think the Lord knows better. We are to pray, forgive us our trespasses. Didn't he say that? And in another place, he says, if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to do what? Forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is after Jesus had died on the cross. It was written by John the Apostle. So, some of these doctrines, they sound really cute. But it's, it's obviously nonsense. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. You know what iniquity is? It's hidden wickedness. It's bad things. They're really bad things that we do that are abominable in the sight of God. And David said, blessed is the one who the Lord does not impute iniquity. In other words, they've done the wrong thing. They deserve to be judged. They deserve to be punished. But for some reason, God doesn't hold it against them. That's a powerful blessing. We'll touch on that more in another time. Third way in which we walk in the blessing of God, by trusting in God. Every time you exercise trust in God, you are walking in the blessing of God. Psalm 34 verse 8 says this, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Blessed is the man fortunate, enviable, highly favored is the man or the woman who puts their confidence in him. Say, I'll put my confidence in God. Say, I will put my confidence in God. Say, I put my confidence in God. That's what it means to trust him. Psalm 84, 5 says this, blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. In other words, whose heart is set on chasing after you, on prioritizing you, on spending time with you. Oh, Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. One of the ways you demonstrate your trust in God is by prioritizing time with him. And when you do that, you are walking in the blessings of God over your life. Another place, Jeremiah 17, 7, he said, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord or whose expectation is in the Lord. They are not looking at man. They are not looking at connections. They are not looking at influence. They are not looking at the ability. They are looking at the Lord. 
regardless of their strength, regardless of their ability, regardless of their connection. I like the scripture where it says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. You must learn to put your confidence in God. In another place it says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to trust in princes, men of influence. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in people of influence, people with connection. Hallelujah. Another way in which we walk in the blessings of God is by waiting on the Lord. By waiting on the Lord. This is where you intentionally decide to look to God for an outcome. And you're not going to do anything until God tells you or does it on your behalf. Waiting on the Lord. Isaiah 30 verse 8, he says, Therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. And therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait on him. A classic example of waiting on the Lord is in Isaiah chapter 40. In Isaiah 40 from verses 28 to 31, he says this. Have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. God never gets tired. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. Are you feeling weak? He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. So many times I am completely weak. And I say, Dad, you know I'm weak right now. Many times I have no strength. I say, Father, your servant has no strength. Give me strength. And then then he says this. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. Youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. Youth and young men speaks of strength and vitality. Speaks of those who are naturally able To do what some of us can't do. He says, even the youth will grow weary. They'll grow tired. And the young men shall utterly fall. 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. I tell you, there is a secret about living for God. Where you will not burn out. Where you don't burn out. Where you don't break down. That secret is learning to wait on the Lord and it's accessing the blessing that is yours. It says those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. That's why some of us have been going all these years. Going all these years from when you were in diapers till now. You always see us fresh. There is a reason. Oh, Some of you, I knew you when you were in diapers and now you're men of God. But you've seen us. We've always been fresh. Hallelujah. There is a reason. Those who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. You see, they are weak. They are tired. They are faint. But when they wait on the Lord, they get fresh anointing. I pray that in 2019, you will discover the secret of waiting on the Lord. I tell you, your holidays can't do it for you. Many of you, after the holiday, you need a holiday. I call it holiday fatigue. After you've done a holiday, you're more tired than before you went. But there is a secret where you learn how to wait on the Lord. And as you wait on the Lord, strength begins to return. Strength begins to return. You know, when you are feeling down in the dumps and depressed and low, as you are waiting on the Lord, strength begins to come. Strength begins to come. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary like the young men. They will run and not be weary unlike the young men. They will walk and not faint. They will walk. You, I see you walking for God. I see you running for God. I see you flying for God. And the secret is waiting. And that's one of the ways in which you access the blessing that is already yours. Another way in which you access the blessing that is yours by believing the word of God. Simple. By believing the word of God. We touched on this a few weeks ago in Luke chapter 145 
Elizabeth says to Mary, blessed is she who believed. For there will be a fulfillment or a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Blessed is she who believes. Say, I believe. Therefore, I am blessed. And how are you blessed? You are blessed with whatever God said that you believe. You see, you are already blessed positionally, but experientially, you are blessed in whatever God said. And this is another problem people have because at times, yes, they know they are blessed, but they are not believing what God has said to them in their now. They are not believing what God has said to them in their now of what he wants them to do in their now. And because of that, Instead of enjoying the blessings and the blessed life, they are not. But I see that changing for you. In John chapter 20, verse 29, our Lord said something to Thomas. He said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. How many of you have seen Jesus? But how many of you believe in Jesus? So you are blessed. Yeah. You are blessed. Of course, those paintings are not Jesus. They're not even close to the biblical, you know, image of Jesus. The skin tone is wrong. Go, go. You know what I mean? The skin tone. I'm not, I'm not being color whatever. I'm just telling what the Bible says. He says his face is like jasper and the sardius stone. And the drawings we, 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 we see are not Jasper and Sardius Stone. I never, they should have really said it in proper English. Because Jasper and Sardius Stone kind of sounds kind of a, a something. In your head, Jasper is like, pss, pss, isn't it? But Jasper is literally brownish red. So this, I said his face was glowing like brownish red. That's what they should have said in the Bible. In the English rendition. Go and look it up. Even if you do Google right now and type Sardius Stone and Jasper, don't do it now, do it later, you will find out it's brownish red. Hmm. I'm just saying. So we haven't seen Jesus, but we have descriptions of what he looks like. He's like brownish red in his face. It's kind of bright brownish red. And then his feet is like glowing bronze. Glowing bronze. Have you ever seen those pictures of Jesus' feet? What does glowing bronze color look like? I'm telling you what about. You see, I'm just saying, we haven't even seen him, but we believe he is reddish brown. Hallelujah. Yeah. Sardius and Jasper face. That's what the Bible says. And his feet, we know his feet. I don't know what his, his um, waist looks like because he was wearing clothes, but his feet. It's, it's brown, brown, bronze, bronze, glowing bronze. What, what color? What color? I'm just saying, what color is glowing bronze? It's in your Bible. It's in your Bible. Let's move on. You should believe the word of God. Me, I believe the word of God, you know. If the Bible says his feet were silver, I'll believe it. So if he said his feet were silver, I would be thinking, what does silver look like? A bit like this, isn't it? Isn't it? Silver. But it doesn't say his feet is silver. It said it's glowing bronze. What color? What kind of color? So you have to do your own investigations. Let's move on quickly. We're not doing anthropology. Let's move on quickly. Another way. You should read your Bible carefully. It's very nice. The Bible is very nice. It's interesting. When you start reading it, you can really believe properly. Because some of the things that they give us that the Bible says, the Bible doesn't say at all. Like sometimes people say, eh, the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. No, John Wesley said it. The Bible never said it. So, you are blessed when you believe the word of God. That's what I'm trying to say. Are you listening? Look at the way some of you are looking at me. I tell you, what is in the Bible? Say to your neighbor, I believe the Bible. Not Pastor Joe. I believe the Bible. Look it up. Oh, hallelujah. You, are, you, you seem a bit. Am I, am I preaching? Mm. We should just talk about the Bible. Hey, glory to God. Another way, I tell you, being blessed is very powerful. Point six, you are blessed by reading and keeping the word of God. 
As you read the Bible itself, you are being blessed. And you are even more blessed when you do what it says. Hey! One day, I was reading the Bible. And as I was reading the Bible, I read something that I didn't like. I couldn't believe it was in the Bible. It said something like this. And I was a very young Christian at that point. And they read something like this. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves as the manner of some is. And I knew what it meant. And I didn't like it. You see, at that time, I was a younger Christian. And I didn't like going to church. How many of you always like coming to church? Look, you see, over there, they like coming to church. Look at the rest of you. None of you raise your hand. This middle section. I think the anointing may travel across it. Wow. How many of you were forced this morning with a gun? <laughs> the, way you're, the way you're looking at me. Are you still thinking about the color of Jesus? Some of you are looking it up. I can see. I can see right now. <laughs> it doesn't matter. These things only matter what's in the Bible. That's all. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. So the book of Revelation, you're blessed when you read it. But by extension is the Bible. By extension is the Bible. So even reading the Bible, just reading it, you are blessed. And then when you keep it, you are blessed. And then when you look into it, and you seek to do the things that are in it, you are blessed. When you read it, you are blessed. When you hear it. So those of us who are not, how many of us don't like reading the Bible? Let's be honest. Yeah. I am asking, are you part of this church? How many of you don't like reading the Bible at times? Okay, yeah, at times. You see, at times means I don't like reading it 95% of the times. But 5% I like reading it. So, for some people, that's what it means. Even hearing the Bible, you are blessed. You see, in the days of the Bible, when the Bible was being written, most of the people could not read. It's not like today. So, when they came to church, the service was where we would read scripture. You know, some people, they don't like too much scripture being read in church. They say, there's too much Bible verses in the preaching. We want proper exposition. Proper. But you see, we're not that intelligent. I'm not that intelligent. So I need a lot of Bible verses to help me to know what God is saying. And when you are hearing the word, it actually is a blessing. So sometimes you can just put your Bible on and let it play. And hopefully some of it will enter your head. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now some of these dramatic Bible things, sometimes they add a bit of spice. Sometimes I'm listening to it, and they will say, and I say, no, no, that's not in the Bible. So I have to now go and check. I have to check. I find, no, they've, they, they've added some spice there. And they've taken away some jollof in the process. Honestly. So if I didn't know my Bible, sometimes they'll say something. As the, so, so I like to just listen to the non-dramatic ones with a very boring voice. In the beginning, God created the heavens. And there's even one in languages. There's even one in my native language, T. In Fiasiano. The other day, the other day I was... I was saying something in tree to my children, and Daniel just couldn't help himself. And let's move on quickly. So, you are blessed when you read, and you are blessed when you keep. Also, how are you blessed? Finally, you are blessed by doing the work of the master. You are blessed by doing the work of the master. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 45 and 46, he says this, Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so 
doing. When the master comes to inspect you and he finds that you are doing his work, you are blessed. Do you know that in your life, in our life, there are seasons of divine visitation? Where I don't know how it works in the economy of God, where God comes to inspect our lives and see. You see it in the book of Revelation, where Jesus visits, in fact, warns the seven churches. He says, repent, otherwise I'm going to come and I'm going to do this. Sometimes we don't understand what he's saying. There are seasons of visitation. Like a few years ago, our church went through it. CLF went through it. CLF went through it. A visitation. A man was it painful. We went through it. And so during that time, some of us felt very restless. I'm not sure if I want to be here anymore. Do you remember that season? Yeah. And so some even went. But the Lord had told me that he was going to do something like that. But I never, I don't like it. So there are seasons of visitation. There are seasons of visitation. So when God visits you and finds you doing what you're supposed to do, you are blessed. But also more than that, you are blessed by doing the work itself. There is a tremendous blessing. You are telling me of time. You. You are telling me. This man is telling me of time. He wanted to raise another song. Telling me of time. That is my best friend. I can get away with it. Hallelujah. <laughs> sure. Don't come and do anything here and get me back, please. You are blessed when you are doing God's work. And we will build on that in the coming weeks. So I'm going to conclude and share something about our vision for this year and expand on it in the um, members meeting. So this year, because we are blessed to impact, there are some key things that we are going to be doing. Some of you, most of you know, we are going to start a second service in the Croydon area. And the reason why we're starting this, two reasons, because we feel the Spirit is leading us. But secondly, on a practical level, there's over 30 people in our church here that come from that area. So that's, a, that's quite a, for church size, that's quite a big pocket of people, isn't that right? And um, we feel that one of the things that God wants us to do as a church is to focus where we meet locally in terms of our outreach more. So we want to focus in this whole Corelli area and also this wider bar of Greenwich. But we also want to focus the attention of our people that are coming from that area, in the Croydon area, Norwood, Crystal Palace, that kind of area. Um, we want to focus our outreach in that area as well. So that's the first thing that we want to do as part of being blessed to impact. We want to impact specifically where we gather on Sundays. And then the second thing is, and I was so blessed by um, Daniel and Patricia's testimony. It was powerful. Come on, we should give them a hand. That was really powerful. And Patricia was emphasizing the point that you should be part of a discipleship group, what we used to call cell groups. And she didn't even give you the option. Normally, as a pastor, you say, you know, if it works. She said, what was her, what was her phrase? She said, you, what's that? You need to do it today. Yeah. Say to your neighbor, you need to be part of a group today. You see, because many times you are in a church like this, when you come on a Sunday, and the worship is great. Wasn't that wonderful time of worship? Awesome. The worship is great. The word is all right. The guy tries sometimes. The word is all right. The fellowship is nice, but then you don't feel a part. Maybe you're going through something, and you know, you know people will greet you. Hi, good to meet you. And then they go to their normal Jack and Jill group. You know, it's kind of normal. You see, at least in our church, some people try. In my old church, people would do this. No. And go, you mean, yeah, it happened. But I still went back. Can you imagine? Yeah, it's normal. It's life. People are people. My point, my point is this. If you're just relying on Sunday, you're not going to feel loved. You're not going to feel like the church is warm and kind. Even though we are nice people. We are nice people. 
But you will not feel like we're nice people. You feel like we just like ourselves. We don't like people because you need to be part of a group. And these discipleship groups are there. There's about 20 of them in our church. Some are big and some are not so big. So I want to encourage all of you to plug in this year as part of our focus of being blessed to impact. And then the third thing is we want to encourage you to plug into our prayer community. Now, we do online praying every day. It's amazing. And when people join the online praying, one of the things they discover is, wow, the church is really active. You see, at times you come to a church like this, you think it's just a Sunday. But there's so many things going on. There's all kinds of things going on. People are going through things. People are praying. Every day people are praying. And we want to encourage all our members to be part of the prayer community. Say to your neighbor, join the prayer community. And some of you who've been in church for a while, you don't join the prayer community. You don't. You just enjoy the prayers that we are praying. You are just enjoying our praying, but you are not joining the prayer community. Let me tell you something. Every morning is very hard for me to get up. It's very hard to get up at I set my alarm deliberately at quarter to five so that I can squeeze in as much sleep as possible. You think because I'm pastor, it's easy. It's not easy. And at times after you finish, you then have to go and pray some more because you've got a very busy day of people coming for anointing. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's... So, I'm not saying you should do every day. Even I myself, I don't do every day. But I'm saying you should do at least three days a week. Hallelujah. Now, the good thing is, if you're not a morning person, how many of you are not morning people? You can... He raised his hand. You can be an afternoon person. How many of you are afternoon people? Hmm. If you're not an afternoon person, you can be an evening person. How many of you are evening people? Sorry. So how many of you are actually people? How many are people? Because you're not a morning person, you're not an afternoon person, and you're not an evening. How many of you are night people? Night. How many of you love Jesus? Can I see if you love Jesus? Hey. Even some of these people, the, the worship team, they didn't raise their hands. I should be careful. These are worship people. They didn't raise their hand. They, they, you ain't raising your hand. <laughs> so we want to encourage you. I mean, it's been amazing. Some, some of the people have been amazing. I want to encourage you. I know it can be a bit intimidating. Look, if you log in and you don't want to pray aloud and they call your name, just be on mute. Just be on mute. They say, uh, Brother Joe, can you pray? Brother Joe, you're on mute. Brother Joe, can you pray? After a while, they'll give up. So, so don't, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't, don't let that stop you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know some of you, you want to, but then you hear, you're on mute, you know. You've put it on mute for a reason. And they say, hey, brother, brother Joseph, brother Joseph, uh, can, you, can you pray? Oh, they're disgracing you. And your, neck, your hand is, oh gosh, I'm going to pray. <laughs> and then, let me tell another secret. And I've gone over time, it doesn't matter. Let me tell another secret. Even when you are praying, when you start praying now, right, listen to other people's prayers. Because sometimes you have to copy. Yeah. God knows your heart. Look, you hear someone, they pray, Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray you will help us. So you realize, ah, I mean, you're a new Christian, young Christian, you don't know anything, so it must be in the Nazareth. So you too. And yes, Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, help us, help the pastor. Amen. And once you say amen, we all believe you've ended. So if you, if you are praying and then it gets at a certain level and your mind goes blank, just say amen. See, because at times you're praying, I'm listening to your prayers, I know your mind has gone blank, but you are trying to just say amen and amen. And then we all know you've finished. <laughs> yeah, it's a secret. It's a secret. I'm giving you mysteries of the kingdom. <laughs> so the prayer community. And then I heard Austin's announcement. Uh, uh, the second and the fourth 
Friday of each month, we're going to be praying together. Hallelujah. From 10.30 to 12 midnight. Those of you who are hard Kabasaya prayer warriors, you can join us there. And if you want to learn how to pray, you can also join us. You don't have to speak in tongues to join that one. You don't even have to speak in tongues at all. Just come. And, and those of you who don't speak in tongues, when you come online, don't worry. Sometimes you hear people speaking in tongues, and then you're like, I love you, Jesus. And they're saying, and you're thinking, mm. They're saying, and all I'm saying is, Jesus, thank you. Jesus, listen, your Jesus, thank you, is more powerful than their Shabbat Shabbat. As far as the Bible is concerned, so don't worry about it. Don't let the fact that you don't speak in tongues stop you. Don't mind them. They didn't used to speak in tongues themselves. So now they're speaking, they kind of like doing it a lot. I'm number one culprit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, my time is up. But I want to encourage you. What's your problem? I want to encourage you to plug into the life of the church, discipleship groups, prayer, and then evangelism. Say evangelism. So we'll be talking more about this. God bless you. All right, we're going to pray over the, uh, those of us who are going to, what's that place? Croydon. So the ministerial team members only going to Croydon. Can you come to the front? If we can stand as a church, we're going to pray over them. Now, some of you who are going to the Croydon place, um, you have to make sure you follow the proper protocols. You cannot be going to the Croydon place without, you can stand, you can stand without making sure that the things that you need to do locally, you've done them. So in other words, if you are in a department, you can't just stop being in that department and turn up in Croydon. I will send you back here. Remember, I'm in both places. So I will know. <laughs> no, I'm not omnipresent. If the ministry team can come, we're going to pray. Stretch your hands out. If the rest of the team can come. So these are the leaders and the ministers that will be helping me in overseeing um, the second service in Croydon and the church that will come out of it. The rest of us as a team will be overseeing it with them. Amen. Stretch your hands out. We're going to pray. We're going to bless them. Aisha, come. Is Angela here? I want to stretch our hands out and just bless them and ask the Lord to just bless and protect them at this time. And thank you, Holy Father. Begin to pray over them. Begin to pray. It's one church in two places. It's one church in two places. Holy Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. Aisha, I want you to pray. And then after that, I'll pray. Father, thank you so much um, for this opportunity for us to plant out, Father. And Father, I thank you for the picture you've just given me, Lord, of a pathway or road that's winding and leading. And Father, we just ask for your direction. We thank you for your direction. We thank you for your leading, Father. And Lord, we pray your blessing upon this team. Father, we ask for the anointing to be able to hear you, to be directed by you. Father, we ask for unity and we ask for your divine blessing. And Father, we thank you that you are building this house and that you are building your church and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In Jesus' name, amen. So I just had a picture of a rock and uh, somebody was putting, stamping something in it, a, a strong stone. And they were banging and banging and banging and it wasn't cracking. And I just felt the Lord say that as you stood here, he was using you as a strong peg in that stone. And that when that stone breaks, you're going to see great things. So actually there is real strength spiritually. You need to be in the spirit of God. You need to be in unity. Because what the Lord was doing was he was using you as a peg and he was going to make a, a, a strong hole in that particular area. And there was going to be a break and you would see streams of living water. And the Lord was saying that as pe people are looking and seeing that that ground is hard, people have talked about that community and said it's hard. But the Lord has very, very clearly handpicked a team to go and to make a strong hole in that area and to break ground. Thank you. Before I pray, I want Ayo to share a few things that he received earlier. Um, afternoon, church. 
So from New Year's Eve, the Lord has been speaking to me about a few things to do with church. Um, and specifically, he spoke to me about the word barrenness. And um, the first thing was to do with people in the church that are um, believing God for a child. I'm going to read from Genesis 30, 22. And the scriptures for you, I just want you to raise your hand and agree with me. It says, so, so those of you that this applies to, you're supposed to raise your hand and agree with him. All right? Hallelujah. It says, then God remembered Rachel and listened to her and he opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, saying, may the Lord add to me another son. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak to every womb in this place. And I decree the word of the Lord be open now in the name of Jesus. Receive the fruit of the womb in the name of Jesus. I declare this year, conceive a child in the name of Jesus. We speak to you, barrenness, and we bind you hand and feet to come out right now in the name of Jesus. And we decree that this year, the Lord will remember you. This year, he will answer you. And this year, you shall receive a child in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Secondly, was to do with the church spiritually and to do with us planting out. Um, what I kind of perceived by way of the spirit was that um, church, churches, also left churches globally, that's been going through a time of surviving and just managing. But I saw Psalms 1 and I saw us bearing fruit in season, in every season. And I just want to declare over every CLF branch that we're going into a time of growth, of increase and multiplication in the name of Jesus. We speak to every barrenness right now. Be ye fruitful in the name of Jesus. Be fruitful and multiply. Subdue and have dominion in the name of Jesus. We decree laborers to rise up in this house right now in the name of Jesus. I release the burn of the Lord upon every individual, every laborer, and we call you forth to rise and shine, to plant and build in the name of Jesus. And Father, I just pray, I've got a word for, I don't know if Andrew's here, but I just felt this year, Andrew, I saw whatever you've been leaving God for in secret. Um, yeah, Boba. Okay, we'll, we'll still release the word. And we just declare over the man of God now. Everything he's been believing God in secret, this is his year of public demonstration in the name of Jesus. I decree, Father, his labor is not in vain. But today I speak the word of the Lord that Andrew will go. And as he goes, his soul shall be saved. And he will multiply and raise up sons. We speak concerning the spouse. Even this year, we decree it now. Come you forth in the name of Jesus. We decree at the end of this year, Andrew will testify of the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. May grace abound unto him now in the name of Jesus. And let us pray concerning us as a church that when this call of magician comes, I pray that we will all get on board in the name of Jesus. May the Lord release burdens upon this house to preach his gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ayo. God bless you. Stretch your hands out. I'll pray and then we will bring the service to a conclusion. Father, thank you for this wonderful privilege. Lord, we have said yes to the prompting of your spirit to begin again in Croydon. We are thanking you that you've gone ahead of us to prepare the way. We thank you for the venue. We thank you for this team. And we thank you for the members that are going to be part of that. Lord, as they become a part of that, we ask that you will replace them here in Greenwich with 10 more people for each one that leaves. In the name of Jesus, we speak increase over this house in Greenwich and over the house in Croydon and over CLF in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I know we have not received our offering. We'll put the offering baskets here. So if you want to um, worship the Lord with your offering after the service, feel free to bring it here and just lay it here. But we want to bless you. Raise your hands. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord continue to make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and give you peace. Have a wonderful week. And uh, see you next week, whether here or in Croydon. And uh, some members meeting 1.30 on my right, so please feel free to 
be there. Thank you. Uh, just one more announcement. If any of you are wanting to get plugged into church, so if it's about if you want to get plugged in regarding sell, if you want in more information about giving, there is a table at the back where you can just have a discussion with somebody. So please catch the team and talk to them if you want to get plugged in. Okay, thank you. If you need prayer, come to the front and we'll pray for you. Ministers, can you come and join me? Ministers. Yeah. 